Well, hey, Babble Love listeners, so glad you are with us today. I wanted to start out um, in prayer, so um, the Lord be with you. God, please help me to make peace with yesterday and have an open mind and heart for today. Help me to be a blessing to those that need it. Help me to see the good around me, the good in others, and the good in myself. Guide me into living like you with selflessness and love. All this we pray in your name. Amen. So, listeners, huge treat today. You are getting to experience the joy of the Reverend James Franklin. James is the campus and young adult minister, missioner, excuse me, in the Winston-Salem area in the Episcopal Diocese of North Carolina. James and I go way back. We were just talking about his daughter is nine, and I was there when she was born. So we went to the seminary of the Southwest together. James was in the class before me and he and his wife just welcomed and embraced me and loved me so well. And I'm so grateful for um, those three years. And then when I was in the diocese of North Carolina, I actually served at the church that James's dad served for many years. So we got to do some ministry together. So James, I'm just so thankful you're here. And I'm so grateful to have you as my dear friend. So glad you're here. Pleasure to be here. Good to see you. Good to catch up. Yeah. yeah. I love for what you're sure. doing with the, with the podcast. It's, it's great. It's such a, it's such a ministry. It's a gift. Thank you, James. And listeners, you will notice Alan is not with us. I have not kicked him off. Um, he <laughs> is still around. But as often happens in parish ministry, people show up at your door and they need you right there in that minute. And that's what happened with Alan today. So hopefully he will join us again next week. Um, so today we are going to finish up Chronicles. Um, so today our goal is to work through um, Second Chronicles 10 through 36. So I was laughing, um, telling James that I was asking him to (laughs) dig into Chronicles with me, which we have discovered is not in the lectionary at all. So at all ever preach on. Um, but it has been a good journey for me, James, because, um, just like learning, um, a lot more about what we've already learned. Like I'm that kind of learner, like I need to hear it again, but also hearing it from a different voice, a different lens. So just Chronicles in general, like what do you, what do you, what have you thought about when you think about Chronicles? I would just love to have your thoughts on that. <laughs> well, I, I self-admission here. I have not read, I had not read Chronicles since seminary. <laughs> Right. So 2011. <laughs> <laughs> and oh why, would you, why would you, James? It's not in the lectionary, right? Right. And as you've already said in previous episodes, you know, it, it, it gives all the, a lot of the same information that Kings does. If you've read Kings, then it's why read Chronicles. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. But 
Um, one of the things that I've noticed in looking back at it and rereading it is that I get this vibe uh, from God that I don't get in Kings. Oh, talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. And the vibe is God still really cares for God's people amidst all of this um, uh, behavior acting out. <laughs> right. Inappropriate behavior. Uh, it says, it, it says faithful, faithlessness, right. And, and other right. words like that. But I get this vibe from God that it's like, ah, you messed up, but you're still my people. You're still, you're still the people. And then, kind of within you get these little glimpses of uh of different characters saying hey are we still the people of god mm-hmm. you know like when a prophet you know kind of comes up out of nowhere who isn't anywhere else in the bible <laughs> um i mean it talks about jeremiah at the end so obviously jeremiah right. is a different a different story but these other prophets that pop up that god is speaking through saying you know are are you still God's people? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I um, love that point, James. And I hadn't really thought about that, so I'm grateful you brought that up. So, we as people in 2022, like, so desperately need to feel God's love. Like, I mean, I feel like every prayer I pray for someone, I'm like, please, God, let them feel your love. You know, and God's love is always there, but like for us to like feel it in our bones and inside of us. And I think you're right. Like I didn't feel that as much in Kings. And I think that that is a little from the chronicler is giving that more empathetic love of God and in, in what we're reading in Chronicles. I think that's an awesome point. Yeah. Yeah. And I haven't really thought about it. And, and it's also interesting. I hadn't really thought about that either. Um, But there's this, you can get kind of bogged down in all the wrath and retribution language and miss the the cycle of resurrection that is also happening. Mm-hmm. And yeah. if, if we know going into it that there's this question behind it of God's covenant and still being God's people, then that kind of changes how we view the, the narrative of not just this recollection this reporting of here's a king they messed up here's another king they really messed up here's another king they really screwed up here's one who's not so bad but you know uh still messed up (laughs) yeah and Um, i love that like we're moving from like the history right which is important, an important part of the Bible. But yeah. I think as readers in 2022, we sometimes are like, wait, why? Why do we need to keep hearing about all these people that messed up? You right. know, we get it. We get it. People messed up. Got it. You know, um, I mean, this portion that I wanted to talk about today, Second Chronicles 10 through 36, is basically all about division. It is all about division. Like we've right. had these, we'd had David, we'd had Solomon, and now they're just a Big old hot mess, right? That's right. We, but I yeah. love that you're finding the yeah. resurrection story in that. And that's what we really need to gain in 2022. You know, I'm a, I'm an eternal optimist. So, like, for me, I'm always looking for the silver lining in there of, like, all right, where's the good news? Yeah. 
Take me to well, the that's why I love you, James, because we're very much alike in that. Like we're, we, we've been accused of being Pollyannas in the I world know. and we need Pollyannas right. in the world. Right. Don't, don't mistake our optimism for naivete. No, right. we're not naive. We just <laughs> know where the silver lining is and we go for yeah. it. Yep. Um, the world needs you. Uh, Mary Balfour and needs, needs that optimism for sure. Um, Annie, yeah. so talk a little bit more with me, if you don't mind, like about that resurrection instead of just mm. all the vision, like tell mm. me what you see that in this. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Yeah. Well, it's interesting that you start, you start Chronicles with Solomon mm-hmm. and all the glory, you know, the golden days, this kind of nostalgia almost voice that you're hearing of, of remember back things were good. Mm-hmm. Now things are, you know, really, really awful. <laughs> um, and they're kind of like, it's almost like there's this juxtaposition of this golden years of David and Solomon and not even recounting the stuff, the bad stuff that Solomon did in Chronicles, you know, it right. totally paints Solomon in this 100% positive light. Right. You know? Which we know is not true. Which we know is not true from from the king's account, right? And so um, it's like, why why would they do that? Well, that's it's not it's obviously not important to them. They're, that's not the point. Uh, they they end they start with the golden years and they end with disaster. They end with the captivity. They end with um, folks being captured by the Babylonian Empire by King Nebuchadnezzar, and they destroy the temple. They burn Jerusalem to the ground. You know, it's just the worst that could happen, right? And I think the point, it, it, it was hard to, it was hard to, to reason and, and find that, that resurrection cycle in it. Mm-hmm. But once I did, I just kept on seeing it. And the, yeah. thing, the thing that broke through for me was this kind of, energy from Yahweh that is in the text around almost like a parent. And I get this like parenting uh, language that as, you know, as a, as a father of of a nine-year-old and a (laughs) five-year-old, I don't think I would, I I would have necessarily had the lens to see that. But once I saw it, I, I couldn't stop seeing it that, you know, God is letting God's people mess up, but still has a covenant with them because God loves them. And it's like my own kids, you know, there's, there's nothing that you could ever do that would make me love you less. But sometimes I have to let you make some bad choices and some poor decisions so that you can learn. And, you know, with, without the, without that lens, without that frame or just without thinking of the cycle of what well, you can't have resurrection if you if you don't have any death, um, you can't have resurrection, you know, and and the life bit if you don't have some dying to the self, you know, if you don't have some some pain if there's not suffering. Um, Richard Rohr always talks about you know the descent, the the path of descent is always the path of ascent, you know. And on the way down, we find resurrection and hope and we find grace and we find that gift. Um, and that's hard to see 
in the moment, you know, but I, I, I get this sense from, from this text that even, so there was a line when one of the Kings screws up and it says, but God did not destroy them because of the covenant God made with his ancestor, David. And it's just, just like return. It's like, you know, you made some poor choices and, you know, I'm not going to intervene. And, but I still love you. I still have this promise to you. And, and I see that as a, as a parent of, you know, this kind of sense that, well, I didn't bring you into this world to cause pain. Like I, of course, as a, as a kid, like, you know, we try to shelter you from some of that right now. Like (laughs) I try to, I try to keep my five-year-old from, from right. experiencing worldly pain and from from heavy topics and existential things that are going on in the world, but to a point like that, I think the pandemic was uh, was interesting in that like she realized like this they're suffering you know why can't I see my friends you know is it because of the virus like she said as a three year old. You know, yeah, not, because she knows that word virus as a three year old. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and so, but, you know, I didn't, I didn't, we didn't bring her into the world to, for her to experience pain. Um, we brought her in because we love, because of love. It was just the overflow and out, outflow of love. You know, there's, there's so much of an abundance between, uh, between us that it was just this outflow. And I think for, uh, for folks that aren't parents, like we still experience this nurturing, mothering, fathering, you know, language, um, uh, and energy that we expend on other things, you know, and, um, and we give because of love, not because of, Hey, you know, I didn't, I didn't create this thing to, to bring pain (laughs) for y'all. We did this out of love, you know, kind of a tough love language. Yeah. And you know, so much comes up for me when you're talking about that. So many fantastic points. Um, The first one, I want to go back a little bit to, you know, the death to have resurrection. So um, one of the things I love to do with my parish is I like us to read together in the in the summer. And then we do like a six or seven week Sunday school class about what we read. So this summer um, and Alan, I hope you'll. If you're listening, you are going to be listening, but I hope you um, attach this to the show notes. We, we did um, Rachel Held Evans searching for Sundays, Oh yeah, um, which is a fantastic book. If you haven't read it, you should. Um, so yesterday we had our first Sunday school class and the way she divides it up is like through the sacraments. And so it was baptism and she mm-hmm. talks a lot about that death that even in baptism, like which is supposed to be this joyous day, mm-hmm. that there is death in that because there is new life and resurrection of Jesus Christ, you know. And I think that is exactly what you're saying, you know, even though Jesus had not come at the time of the Chronicles, like there is death in this, but God's love never leads leaves us. Then I was thinking about the parenting when you were talking about that. And no, I'm not a parent, but I think that we all like, and I love that you can look at this from a different lens than like even when we were seminary in seminary when you weren't a parent and now you have yeah. this lens of that, which is so, but we all like 
a lot of us are visual people. So we can imagine, even if our parents are not like, it's not a great experience for us. We've all seen healthy parents at some point. We know. And so that imagery of the, of God living into that, I think is so beautiful because I think a lot of times, I don't know how, about you, but when I teach or try to interpret the Bible, so many people say, why did God let this, all this bad stuff happen? You know? And I think you just framed that so beautifully, James, and that God doesn't let all these bad things happen. You didn't, he didn't bring us into the world to experience all this bad, but sometimes he has to like, let us go a little bit, you know, and make the mistakes just like parents do with their kids. But that love for us never ends. And I think that is just so evident in this. So I love that lens that you're coming from. Yeah. And I think like in terms of suffering, the the readers the the hearers of this text at the time totally interpreted as bad things happen because god made them happen right and i think that you know because they didn't have jesus so right. they didn't know right, right. They didn't, yeah <laughs> and so but we also we also see suffering from a different lens now and that is that um that god doesn't necessarily cause suffering to happen like the Buddhists say suffering is, right? Suffering is. It's part of life. Right. And the the place where we find where we find God in that is, okay, well, what is the what is the resurrection? What is the life that can happen from this suffering? Mm-hmm. Where in the midst of this are we able to have eyes to see how God is moving in this? And and what is it like, you know, speaking very kind of uh, uh, metaphorically, I guess, of, of, well, sometimes those are things that had to be put to death in us. Right. That they're like, for me as a man, um, it, it's definitely ego. Um, it's definitely death to the ego. And sometimes that, that needs to get put to death so that I can see some more resurrection and some life happening. Absolutely. Absolutely. I feel that way about so many things. And I can see that in what we've read today, too. You know, um, yeah. And even as women, sometimes it's ego, you know, or it's not, you know, living up to expectations a lot of time for women. I feel like they have that issue. You know, um, we want to please a lot of people and we're going to fail in that. But sometimes that needs to die so that the resurrection can happen and be a part of us. Um, yeah, kind of like did you preach yesterday? No, um, I didn't. I didn't. Okay. But um, yeah, did you? Did you? Yeah. So Jeremiah and Luke, sure. I was just what was so struck me about both of those. And it, it talks, I feel like the, this has some connection to what we're talking about today is that sort of lost and found element mm-hmm. that was there. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's yeah. not that God wanders away from us, just like God did not wander away from the people in Second Chronicles. It's us that wanders away, right? And God is always there. And we, we, we like to like say, where are you, God? Where are you, God? I'm not feeling you. But God never leaves us. God's love never leaves us. Um, and it's evident in going to find that sheep or, you know, um, mm-hmm. I, I feel like that lost and found aspect is, is always around. Yeah. But isn't that good in some ways? Because... 
we need that resurrection, that death, that re- all of that. We need those moments because it brings us more into relationship with God. I think. Yeah. Yeah. And in, in these, in these stories from the old Testament, we, we, we hear this frame of God wanting to hit the reset button Yeah, <laughs> often. Right. Yeah. Um, I think the other track for yesterday was Exodus. And oh yes, and track Moses two. coming oh. down, and um, and people are acting a fool, and God's like, "I'm gonna destroy them." And Moses is like, "Hold on a second, yeah. <laughs> let's think yeah. about this." So very like like Jesus figure in like like let's you know let's go back to the covenant. Like mm-hmm. surely you're not gonna destroy your people. Yeah. You said you wouldn't again, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so there's this, yeah, like, uh, yes, you really screwed up, but oh, I'm still with you. Yeah. Never going to leave you. Right. Yeah. I mean, uh, I did, I did kind of enjoy, uh, honestly, kind of, I don't know, masochistically or something of, of kind of reading about the terrible, how terrible people were. Yeah, no, I get it. Cause doesn't like it make you feel better? Reading. Yeah. Doesn't yeah. it make you feel better about yourself? Like, and, so, <laughs> and but I also, I have that way in all of reading the old Testament because it's not just like that part, but like when people mess up, yeah. I'm like, okay, there are people I can relate to on this. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. Jared, Jared, another dear friend of ours from seminary was, was, was on and, um, he, he, he was kept kind of referring back to, he asked me several times, like, how, cause there's some really traumatic things that happened to women. And he was like, how does this make you feel? And I was like, well, fortunately this does not happen to me, but I do know women that this has happened to. And for them, I'm so grateful that they can look to the Bible and be like, there are other people that this has happened to. And I can see the suffering that they went through. Maybe there's something here that can help me get through my suffering. And so I think that's a beautiful point of the Bible too, is that we can relate to some of these things, maybe not in these terrible, you know, wars and stuff that, I mean, we have war now. I don't mean that, but um, in some of the crazy things that happen, the snakes and the dragons and all that, and they're not dragons, but you know, all those things. But I think there's something very relatable in a lot of this too. Yeah. Very relatable. Um, I got to talk about, uh, speaking of relatable, <laughs> this one King, yeah. um, that I had not, I had totally missed this part of it. Um, in first, in the first reading, but yeah. in chapter 21, uh, Jehoah has, yeah, you said that well, you said probably that well. botched that Good job. So Hebrew scholars, you know, give me a, you know, give me a pass on that. Okay. Lots um, of good- but uh, when it says uh, the Lord struck his bowels, yeah, and they came out, and he died in great agony. I know. And his people made no fire in his honor. <laughs> and then the last, the last, the last, the last dagger, though the one, the one that really like hit me. It says he departed with no one's regret. Yeah, my <laughs> version says nobody was sorry when he died. It says they buried him in David's city, but not in the royal tombs. Oh yeah, they that was a kind of a line for some of the kings that they repeated. Yeah, 
Yeah, like um, that shows where you honor. got buried. Right. You showed how important you yeah. were. But right. this guy was not liked. They did not yeah. like you at all. Yeah, I kind of think like um, I, I've been in this like male spirituality kick lately, and so like uh-huh. I'm also kind of interpreting through like lens of of uh, of what it means to be uh, a, a spiritual man, mm-hmm. and um, like I read into this. This is a huge ego check on on the people of God. It's this <laughs> it's this check on you know what you're not you're not that important you're not as important as you think which is a hard lesson to learn as an individual so hard but it's but it's an important lesson um, but the flip side of that is you still have inherent value to God and so. Oh, it's like, yeah, you're not important, but you still matter. And that was just this dynamic that's happening all throughout the sex, even with this terrible, you know, King Joe has who <laughs> departed with no one's regret. No one was sorry that he died. But <laughs> they still buried him. Yeah. Right. So to me, that proves your point. Like, yeah, no one was sorry that he died. But he still had a proper burial. Maybe it wasn't in the most elite place, but someone thought that was important enough to write that down. You know, so that does show that he was loved by God, you know, and yeah. he was part, you know. And so you're right. I mean, even in those moments where we're like, oh, my gosh, you know, God's love never fails in that. All right. Any parting words? That was my timer because we've talked for 25 minutes. Nice. I was going to ask, is that, was that the, <laughs> the cutoff? Yeah. Oh, I have to do it because I'll keep talking all day long. I know, I know, me too. And I and I, I could just keep talking to you, Mary Balfour. I miss you, and it's so good to see you. Um, parting words of wisdom. Let me see here. I think it's I think it's really important for us to have eyes to read a text like this and not get caught up in all the wrath and retribution nature of God. Um, that if we think of God just like a parent who is letting letting their children make poor decisions, suffer the consequences, and still being welcomed back with open arms. I mean, you you said yesterday was we were in Luke fifteen, mm-hmm. lost people, lost sheep, lost coins. We didn't get to um, the the story of the prodigal son or, or the prodigal father, um, as some have called it. You know, but. Um, but, you know, these things have inherent value and people, that's, that's different. That's different than other, other deities, you know, other gods in the time, to- in that time. And this is, so this is kind of radical. It's kind of radical to think that no matter what you do, God has made a covenant with you and loves you no matter what. And that's, it's easy to miss that. <laughs> it is. Thank you so much for your wisdom in that. I love how you came to this today. Um, And I'm grateful for your voice and your ministry and who you are. And listeners, remember that we love you, but most importantly, God does.